pros. Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for pro business hours 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe'sforpros.com, where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready. everybody uh it's me aaron um you're probably listening to this uh a couple weeks after or a week after i recorded it but um i have to tell you that uh yesterday impulsively i went to a hair salon and i got hair extensions um so right now uh you'll see in the picture with duncan Right now, my hair is well past my shoulders. I've never had long hair in my life. I have hair that gets like really fine and thin. So when it, when it's, um, when it gets to my shoulders, it just kind of stops growing. And yesterday I thought, oh, you know, it would be awesome. And I'd, I'd feel so great if I got hair extensions. And so I went and it takes four hours and it's more expensive than I thought it would be. And I got hair extensions and I'm having a bit of a crisis. I I surprised Dan with them and he was just confused. He literally said, I'm confused. He he said, I, I didn't know you didn't like your hair before. And, I, and then I, I got upset and realized I wanted him to like them more than I was telling myself. I told myself that I just got them for me. I walked around today and did a ton of errands and the entire time I thought, oh God, everyone can see these little beads in my head. Everyone knows that I'm a phony and that I'm a liar. And and then I really question how confident I am with my looks and with my life, I guess. I don't know, but I like them because they make me look thinner, but they're really uncomfortable and I can't wear a ponytail. I'm probably going to get them taken out. Anyway, this all sounds really stupid. My guest on the show today just got a testicle removed because he has testicular cancer. So, and and he says on the podcast, he talks about, you know, these things being relative, which is, which is true. But I, I, I couldn't, uh, even knowing that, I couldn't stop thinking about how shitty I feel about my head and my hair and my looks right now and how weird and... Um, I feel like I'm wearing a Halloween costume and I feel like I'm lying by having these, these hair extensions on. But is it makeup a lie? Anyway, I'm probably going to get them taken out. And this, for everybody, this sounds really silly, but it's been, it's been an actual huge thing. I'm pretty torn up over it. And Duncan, my, my guest on the show today is Duncan Trussell, who if you don't listen to the Duncan Trussell Family Hour, you absolutely should. I think it's I, it's my favorite podcast, probably. I really love it. And I love Duncan's old podcast that he, he did with uh, Natasha Leggero um, called The Lavender Hour, which is really great. And I in a state of feeling really insecure had him on. And like this morning I was, I was feeling so shitty about the way I looked and so excited about having him on the podcast. And I wanted to talk to him about love and stuff. I Chris Farley it a little bit, you guys. Um, 
I mean, I don't, I don't want to uh, shit talk my interviewing skills too much, but um, there's a. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. There's some. There's some spiraling a little bit, and I think it's just because I feel kind of out of body with these uh, with these dumb hair care <laughs> extensions. Um, yeah. But anyway, Duncan's amazing and uh, really made me feel awesome in the end. <laughs> this 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 man who just got surgery on his on his testicles uh, made me feel better about my dumb hair extensions. Anyway, uh, I hope you enjoy this interview. Um, here it goes with Duncan Trussell. So yeah, so I I got I got hair extensions yesterday and I've felt sick about it since since the moment I got it. I don't know, I was like overtaken. It was very impulsive and really not like me at all. I do so little to alter my appearance. I don't really like tattoos and So what's the wait, the guilt is because you the guilt is. Well, I mean, the guilt is like fortyfold. Tell me the guilt components. Okay. Um, a, I feel guilty because I feel like I'm lying. I don't have long hair. Yeah. And when people look at me now, it's like, oh, she has long hair. Okay. Also, but then, but then I feel guilt from that because I'm being too narcissistic. Because who gives a shit what my hair looks like? Right. No one, just me. So why am I? Why am I feeling so? Yeah, guilty just about you. It? Yeah. The center of your entire subjective universe. <laughs> Who cares what that thing thinks? Right. Just the source of all your memories and everything <laughs> that you do. Why would that opinion be important? Okay. Fair. Okay. So so maybe that that guilt is taken back a little bit. But then it's it was more expensive than I thought. So like spending that much money on something as silly as my hair. My hair's normally like to my shoulders. So I paid a lot of money for right. for this. Sure. And it's probably from a woman who's pretty destitute and cut yes. off all of her hair. Right. And I'm wearing her hair and just being like, yeah, let's go to the party. I have party hair. Let's but here's another way to look at it. Okay. Maybe this was some poor, let's imagine the, let's just create the worst scenario. That's some Russian invalid. Uh-huh. She can't even. Oksana. She's, Oksana is her name. Yeah. You know her name? I know. I just, I've been, na- I named her the second okay. I got, I, the, when she was putting the hair on, I started imagining a woman named Oksana. So Oksana is like, let's say she's like a 23 year old and she's in a, she's in a wheelchair. She's okay. paralyzed from the neck down and she lives with a shitty family. Mm-hmm. They hate her because they can barely afford to keep her alive. They just spoon mayonnaise into her mouth. That's all they feed her, like old mayonnaise <laughs> or give her like crumbs swept off the floor. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, the best thing in this incarnation that could have happened to her. Right. And her hair would weight down her neck. So she would be always, she'd always, but her hair got to go to America. (laughs) Maybe that's the best thing. Her hair is free. It's the one little piece of her body that managed to escape this terrible prison of a life. And now at least some atomic, (laughs) it's in the California sun. Yeah. It's in the sun. No more like in the freezing cold of Siberia. just matted and fucked up you freed some hair that's exciting and also based on the laws of quantum entanglement 
entanglement. Mm-hmm. You're entangled. You're, you now have a psychic connection with this lady. Oh. And maybe she could send you in from, maybe you could become a superhero. Oh boy. I think she must have been super insecure because I've been feeling very insecure. The last well, I think it's a fascinating thing when people, you know, that kind of guilt where you're like, what am I doing? Why am I trying to make myself look better? Yeah. But it's sort of, you know, on the nucleus of your being in the material universe is your physical body. And everyone's apprehension of your physical body defines the way they react to you. So it's right. an incredibly important thing if you think about it in terms of that we live in a net, a society. So we have to function. So wanting to look good is actually a fairly great instinct in a society where you have to live with other people who are right. judging you on the most superficial thing, which is their physical appearance, because nobody's telepathic. Right. Well, I wonder if I'm more aware of it because it was so instantaneous and it's less like working out or something that takes a long time. Like this is something that I just bought and attached to my head and... Like you got to work for it. Yeah, that. And then also like it's, it's such a for my own eyes. I don't think for other people, but for myself, it's such a dramatic change. So it feels more uh, artificial than something else would. This Even, is, like, yeah, I know this idea. This is yeah. the idea that suffering in some way is a necessity to feel good. Like before you can feel good, you've got to suffer for a certain length of time. Otherwise, the good feeling has been robbed. Like right. it's you stolen it, it. Like like I haven't I haven't earned it legitimately. You earned it. It's it's see these are so, yeah. This is the there are so many assholes on this planet, and that is their litany. That's their religion. Is this religion where they themselves like are constantly flogging themselves to try to obtain these like little states of happiness right and then they're flogging other people if other people now you hear it with comedians all the time mewling about some comic who happened to get some success before they felt that they were ready for it or it landed on this their their idea of like the several the uh, initiatory phases in their mind that someone has to go through before they could be happy and they're like oh well look at that shit i guess the whole system's fuck because he's only been doing stand-up for two years and what a unfunny piece of shit and it's like no fuck you you don't know you have no idea sure well and then then the other the other part of it which could also be compared to comedy is that it's not natural so it's like Larry the Cable Guy, like a faked yeah. affectation that I just I just put on a hat. I'm like, now I'm this person. Yeah. But it's not, it's kind of gross because it's like, I, could, I mean, I don't want, the, it looks disgusting. Like if I lift up my hair, I can't move my head around. Yes. It, it, it looks like robot hair. Do you see it? Have you seen yeah, this before? No, I've seen a hair extensions. I know it's what they so look gross. like. You know, I it's think so that w- another way to like, frame this is that it's teaching you an awful lot i mean there that's yeah. another cool thing <laughs> True, is like yeah. it seems like it's giving you a lot of information based on that is teaching you about uh how you feel about modifying yourself in certain ways and i but i do think an important and a very interesting thing is this idea of like uh how you have to suffer to be to be happy i understand aesthetically not being pleased with having robotic hair like mm-hmm. i get that that feels unnatural and and weird but the thing where it's like man i I didn't grow this myself or it happened yeah. too quick or that kind of stuff. I don't, I think that that is a real, as a fun thing to exercise from your life. Do you feel that? Have you felt that before? That, you know? I, that I haven't earned. That you, do you feel like you need to earn things? Well, I mean, like take like, for example, a really simple thing, uh, Molly, like pure pharmaceutical grade MDMA. 
20 bucks, 30 bucks, and you take one of these pills, and suddenly within 45 minutes, you are like in an ocean of love, just experiencing this kind of incredible sense of acceleration and Mm -hmm. pretty much anything you think about, uh, which is why they use it for PTSD. Anything you think about that's happened in the past, breakups, traumas, somehow in that like sense of like insane, beautiful, magnified, chemically magnified love, all those dark things kind of get washed off and reformatted in a way where you look at them and realize, oh man, I, why, why was I seeing it in that terrible way, that breakup Mm -hmm. or whatever it was, it was really meant to happen or however, it just somehow chemically reconfigures the Rubik's cube of your guilt. Now that experience there's no price for that. There's no really, if you think about it, like if ma, if ecstasy didn't exist and someone said, listen, I could give you something that's going to allow you like four hours if you use it appropriately to, to get a year's worth of therapy. Right. How much would you pay for that? If it was real, you'd pay a lot of money. So 30 bucks is not worth it. But does that mean you don't deserve that experience? Or if you run into somebody who like is like a, a being of unconditional love and they just like wash you in that love, do you, is there some m- amount you should have paid? Did you earn that experience? Or right. did you earn the experience of birth? You know, like you certainly didn't. What did you do? <laughs> you don't remember? You weren't like battling through the sperm cells in your mom's vagina to get in, to get into those sweet eggs, <laughs> right? So you right, didn't yeah. earn that. And anytime you found a, uh, someone that you're in love with, you just ran into them. You know, it wasn't like you you cast spells or had to like give a dwarf a pot of gold or something to meet someone that you love it just popped into your life sure so it's like all the very best things you don't earn but with modifying yourself like do you well then so so then bring that back to my hair extensions yes. are you saying that they're fine yes okay i'm no i'm saying your hair extensions are inc- are wonderful and i think that <laughs> i think that the that it's a great and there it's a great way that you can see like that you sometimes are the culprit, you know, behind the curtain that's like pulling the guilt levers, you know, and, and the little things are the same as the big things. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get, feel guilty about your hair extensions, there's probably a good chance that you feel guilty about other things that pop up into your life from time to time, you know? Right. And so you can use it as a kind of like, uh, something that you, that, that, that you can extrapolate bigger things from, I'd say. You know, guilt is hilarious. My God, it's just <laughs> such a funny thing we do to ourselves. When was the last time you felt guilty? Oh, God, let me think. Oh, probably like four hours ago. <laughs> so I, I have like I bought lobster salad at Gelson's and was eating it on pita chips for breakfast. I'm like, yeah. what fucking breakfast is this? You should have a, <laughs> you should have a smoothie. You know, if it just felt like such a dumb, stupid thing to eat. Because it was so decadent or because it's, right. it's decadent. It's like yeah. an oily pita chip and like some kind of lobster. Ma- and also, like, I just got one of my balls chopped off because of cancer. Aren't I supposed to be eating wild berries and kale? <laughs> Like, I'm not supposed to be eating anything bad anymore for the rest of my life. So there was that guilt. I mean, I don't think you can. There's no way you're cutting guilt out of your mind. It's just a natural part of the ocean of thoughts that comprise everything that you are. But I I just it's a certain you don't have to pay attention to it. You know, it's it's like it's the it's like a, a, a brat, like a screaming brat that needs 
to not be given attention anymore when it's screaming because that's what's made it like fat and covered in candy you know right you have to ignore that part of yourself or at least just let it be okay i don't know i didn't mean to get didactic forgive me i want you to be happy about your hair extensions (laughs) um do you do you think i'm also just thinking that that they uh that they just look gross or that it's like gross to a man. Like if you, if you were just meeting me for the first time and like, if we were going on a date for the first yes. time, you're like, Oh, like, and if it came up, if you're like, Oh, your, your hair is pretty long. And I was like, well, it's not, I don't care. Really? Okay. Why would I care? I don't know. I don't know. Wait, I, so I'd be like, let me see your growth certificate. <laughs> How long did you grow that hair for? Are I mean, you yeah, I know it's dumb. It's really dumb. I got a really weird reaction from my boyfriend when I, came home yesterday really yeah but it's not his fault at all i did the stupidest thing ever i i was like look i'm gonna do something crazy in my hair you're gonna say experimented you're exploring the universe like now what you give you're you're giving yourself a spanking over the fact that you like wandered into some (laughs) terrain that's the the paternal part of yourself told you you can't go into well maybe it's also like when you when you get extensions or you get a boob job or I've, I've never had a boob job or any other like yeah. surgery, but when you get those things, you're saying, I don't, I don't have those. I don't have large breasts. So I got, uh, I got breast implants or I don't have long hair. So I got the long hair. So maybe part of what's making me sad is admitting to myself, like I feel bad about how short my hair is. And now I feel like I'm wearing a sign that's, that says I wasn't happy with myself oh. before. Oh, so and so, that to my boy, like when I came, and this is me projecting. But when I came home yesterday, Dan was like, um, uh, "Why?" Well, we got him. I I opened. We scared each other because I was coming in and I was I was nervous. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, here here goes. We'll see what he we'll see what he thinks." And he really likes red hair. And I was like, "Well, now it's." more of that yeah so this will be great i i couldn't like i was putting my key in the door and it was getting jammed and he was on the other side he heard me opening the door and so he opened it and he scared me so i screamed and then that scared him so we both screamed and he's like what what do you what do you think is gonna happen someone you're you're going into a house you hear the door like he was mad he was he was scared so he was mad that i scared him and then i was like but but, yeah i got scared what about my hair and he's like i don't he said, I'm, I'm confused. I don't understand what happened. What did you? So he didn't have the reaction you wanted. Well, he didn't have, yeah. Well, like on the spectrum of what was, what I had imagined, I thought it was either going to be like, whoa, yeah. babe, yeah. like get over here, take off your pants. Yeah. Um, or like, oh, that looks nice. <laughs> Uh, but instead it was, why, why would you do that? You don't have to do that, yeah. which is worse than, ugh. Like, well, yeah, because it's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's rough. That's rough. You know, because, because, yeah, you're, when you, when you are doing that sort of thing, you're doing it probably partially. The idea is it's for yourself and it's also to get positive reactions from yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah. You just from have your, to commit partner, to it. Man. Yeah. You just have to, that's the, the thing is, it's like the really scary thing is just following your instincts and being like, yeah, this is what I do. This is what I did. This happened from a real place. I wanted this to happen. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly 
who I am and what I, what where I'm at in my life right now. This is just part of since the beginning of time. But it's, but it's also but it's not who I am because it's literally someone else's hair. Well, but I mean, who are, I am are is you your clothes? My... Are you your makeup? Are you your lipstick? Are you right. you know? Are you what? Well, really, what yeah, are yeah, you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you go backwards, if you start at the hair extensions and then just start <laughs> swirling your way down, you'll find right. that pretty much everything that you think you are is an external. Right. You know. I mean, this is the whole. This is like the essence of all the crazy mystical writings is it's like, well, what are you? You know, are you your hair extensions? No. Well, are you your skeleton? Are you your eyes and your mouth and your and your and your physical body? Is that what you are? Yeah. Well, that's a big, you know, some people say, yes, that's all you are. You're just meat. (laughs) But then, uh, uh, you know, some people say, well, no, uh, you're that you're the thing apprehending. The, the universe you're the thing apprehending your body and your hair extensions and all the emotional components involved in you transforming your body in some way and but and everything else is just an observation that's sort of like a right. temporary blip in the field of time or something but there's a compassionate thing about that that doesn't mean like well then give up on this thing and just let it you know rot or get fucked up it means sort of like well now that you're ex- externalizing the thing you can um start like loving it and being compassionate towards it because this you know your boyfriend or whoever in the world doesn't like your hair extensions that's still less important than you liking it and you you being compassionate for your to yourself because you wanted to look better yeah you wanted to feel better your the (laughs) impulse behind it was i want to feel better and look better what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that and it was a real impulse well that's a nice way that's that's a nice way to look at it well, then, yeah, I, I do need to stop beating myself up over it. I've really felt so awful today, like so ashamed at the grocery store. So just yeah. so terrible. I do think that like that I'll take them out just because they're uncomfortable and I can't like move my hair as much as I want. Like they I really, really, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I do think I'll, I'll take them out, uh, day after tomorrow, probably. But, um, yeah, I should stop making myself feel so bad about it. I apologized for them like 10 times yesterday. And Dan was like, no, it's fine. They, they look nice. It looks fine. It looks great. Well, you're tormenting yourself. And this is the pastime yeah. of so well, many I have, people. And I, I, I apparently have too, too much wrapped up in what I look like with my confidence in my relationship. Because I feel like I fucked up the thing that he has to look at all the time. Mm. God, relationships are so complicated, aren't they? Yeah, especially especially, <laughs> yeah. especially after after a while, you know, after you get through the the initial sort of Garden of Eden phase, you, mm-hmm. it's so it's so compl- it's so in- interestingly complex, and 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 you always run into those moments, hair extension moments, cleaning moments. So you, you have a podcast called the Duncan Trussell Family Hour, yes. which I love. It's great. Thank you. And uh, you originally did a podcast with Natasha, uh, Natasha yeah. called uh, Lavender Hour, yes. which I really, really loved. I love both of them. Probably my favorite podcaster. I think yeah. certainly. But, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ghost came out of me. Well, and I used to, and I used to quote. Uh, you all the time talking about your relationship with Natasha yeah. on, on the Lavender Hour when you would talk about um, w- and when I say quote I mean it's just something that would run through my mind all the time and in, in, the, in my current relationship not my current relationship in the relationship I was in I would always think about 
you and Natasha talking about how you had this, you worked together, but you were partners and you shared like, you shared a workspace and really like really envied that. I was like, Oh, that's, that's what I want. I want to be in a relationship where I feel comfortable, like doing creative things with my partner and it's not like totally separate. Um, and then you guys broke up. And that doesn't mean that that idea isn't real anymore. This is this is this is a classic McGathy terrible question. Sure. Uh, but uh, when, like, do you do you still feel that way, or do you? Oh God, um, I don't want to fuck up because I'm really excited that you're here, and I oh, want to get a lot of information out of you. But like, when you. I've heard you talk about love on your podcast now, and I heard you talk to Natasha pre and post your yeah. relationship. Like, what do you think is love's role? Like romantic love? What do you think? Pro- like a partnership this is the worst. I'm sorry. Do you understand what I'm saying? What do I think the, the ro- love's role in well, a relationship? I also just want to hear you. I, I need to break it down more because I really just want to hear what you have to say about here, I'll, I'll make it specific. I know you you interviewed Dan on your podcast, yes. my boyfriend on your podcast, and you happened to interview him right after we had had this like terrible, terrible That's fight. Right. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Um. What? Um. Uh, Dustin. <laughs> I, I'm, you guys I, should get married. The thing is, it's like you and here's the thing. The reason marriage is good is because it creates this awesome boundary, uh, where, uh, these fights and, and all the, we are in the most conflict filled, turbulent dimension. Well, I don't know. I don't know about any other <laughs> dimensions, but I imagine if there's nothingness, which I've never experienced, that's a pretty calm place. But when you become part of somethingness, you end up getting in this sea, this turbulent sea of phenomena that is inevitably filled with conflict. And so no matter what you're doing, whether you're in a relationship or outside a relationship, mm-hmm. <clears throat> there is this inevitable conflict that's going to emerge. There's just no way around it because that's the type of dimension that we're in. So when you're by yourself and you get conflicted over something, whatever it is, you have some life problem emerge, then you can't divorce yourself or break up with yourself. You know, you're, you're, you're there with yourself permanently. There's no way to be like, I'm, I'm out of here, man. The problem with, uh, or maybe a good thing, it just depends. But when you're in a, a relationship and you don't have this symbolic thing, this marriage thing happening where you've, where you've right. just made this decision, okay, we're going to do this class together of human life and we're going to help each other out through this whole thing because you have to partner up in this place and there's no more tribes and the only tribe that we have now is our family. So we're going to team up in this fucking dimension and we're going to do what we can to make each other happy and to, to get through the inevitable uh, dramas that are going to emerge as our parents die and as we get sick or as, you know, World War Three breaks out or whatever zombies attack, whatever the thing that's going to happen. So you make this symbolic commitment and then these fights that emerge, they're not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. anymore they're not an indication that things are falling apart it's just yeah it got inside of us the conflict went from outside into us right now and now we're in a rough patch like on an airplane it's hit some turbulence and you know you're going to get through it i think that's how how that's why marriage is really good you really? know you think that marriage are you 
Like, what do you what do you think is Meredith's I used to not. role? Really? I used to think it was stupid. Oh, why you want to get in a conflict with the state, man? <laughs> why are you going to let the government dictate your relationship, man? <laughs> you know, but yeah. I but then then I started that was before I started doing my podcast and coming in contact with like some super cool people who are like philosophers and mm-hmm. uh, people who are into the occult and stuff. And then I started understanding more the importance of ceremony and ritual in life and and so a marriage is just a magical act that you've done with someone you've kind of created some symbolic ritual that you're binding yourselves together and um and that's important i think what do you what do you think uh especially before sex have you you guys haven't had sex yet have you no we gotta wait we're not married you should wait of course not um what uh what do you think I, re- I realized today, as I was thinking about you coming on the podcast, that this podcast is about relationships, but we rarely talk about love. And yeah, yeah. What do you what do you think is love's role in marriage? Love? What? How do you think that those? You know, I was just reading this awesome uh, Ram Dass. I, I'm I'm signed up for Ram Dass. I love this philosopher guru genius named Ram Dass Mm -hmm. he's like my a big influence for me so I'm signed up for these uh I think it's weekly or maybe it's daily you get these like awesome uh emails that have ideas in them some of them are whatever but something like (laughs) (laughs) but but some of them are great and the one today uh was he was saying well consciousness is love consciousness and love are the exact same thing so the more you work on expanding your consciousness the more you'll begin to experience love in your life Mm -hmm. and i did a podcast with this guy ragu marcus who was a devotee of uh an indian um uh guru named neem Karoli baba who who was ramdas's guru too and so he came in contact that sounds adorable neem Karoli yeah. baba it, he, he well, loves bananas and yogurt it's, oh my god under a tree. how do you know that <laughs> <laughs> he did love food yeah, well. no that was his thing he was and, and he was adorable like he was in fact one of the apparently one of the most adorable beings really? <laughs> that you could come in contact with because he was pu- he, somehow everyone says that when you got around this person you felt like you were just falling into an ocean of love. He just fully somehow could reflect the greatest part of yourself that in you and didn't seem to be there. That's another thing people say. He what? There was no person there. It was someone who had dropped mm. his ego and had just become this rushing onslaught of pure, unconditional love. And, and being, being around that is a, always a transformative experience you know just having a dog think what having a dog does to you like just the effect of being or like having a, a, a pet or uh, being around a, a child that really loves you will permanently alter you so yeah. theoretically if you're around someone who's like you know, managed to like purely become that then the effect of that is always like a massive shift in your personality in your life it has a healing effect so uh this guy told me in a relationship if your focus is on expanding your consciousness which would mean opening yourself up more to love mm-hmm. and not on each other 
you've both decided to create this kind of triangle and the top of the triangle is this idea that while we're here and we have human minds, we're going to try to expand our consciousness and try to connect with whatever this, whatever this is all coming from, you know, what, whatever to become, to, to focus on at true actualization. And if you do that, then I think love starts growing inside of you when you thought maybe, maybe it was gone in the first initial, honeymoon months of the thing you know then you start becoming love and turning into love and then that starts with loving yourself and that starts with loving yourself starts with not beating yourself up if you have hair extensions that's what (laughs) Neem Carely Baba used to say and the more no amazing (laughs) everyone was like what are what are you talking about what are hair extensions someday someone was taking banana peels and attaching them to their hair I don't know why the Baba makes me think of uh, banana peels even though you I think he, he liked ban- I think he liked bananas. Okay. I don't know that. <laughs> Who wouldn't like bananas? Fuck you if you don't like bananas. They're delicious. <laughs> I love bananas. I always feel guilty eating bananas because they're so good. Or you think here we go back to guilt. I'm spiraling right now. I'm totally spiraling. You're not spiraling. Here's what you have ha- no idea. I'm very. I'm a great podcaster. I'm spiraling. This is. I. I, love I know this what you're doing. Okay, okay. Here's the thing. You're not spiraling. You just have like you know like when you when you uh, have uh, dirt in a fishbowl and you smack the fishbowl and it gets filled with dirt. Yeah, yeah. Maybe oh, yeah. you know. So it's like the our minds are like that, and then phenomena happens, whatever the thing is, and then that right. smacks the fishbowl, and then all of a sudden we're this like swirl of thoughts that one leads to the next leads to the next but that's not really you that's just yeah you've decided to attach yourself to the thoughts or decided to be the thoughts for a little while which is oh, cool. which is fine but it gets i mean it generally makes you feel anxious that's the end result of it yeah hey guys commercial time um please go to feralaudio.com and click on this feels terrible. Uh, there, there are a few ways that you can support the show. Um, firstly, you can donate to the show by going to feralaudio.com, clicking on this feels terrible, and uh, contributing fifty dollars or more. I'll send you a painting, or contribute anything. Contribute if you tend if you contribute ten dollars, I'll send you a po- postcard. Or um, you don't have to just support the show financially. You can uh, email me, this feels terrible at gmail.com. That's super nice. Or um, you can tweet at me. Uh, yeah, I think uh, currently, as you're listening to this, um, I just uh, hit the road for the Harmontown USA tour. So uh, go to, if you want to meet me, if you want to meet me, if you want to say hello. Um, I'm not going to presume that you that you uh, really want to meet me, but if you want to hang out, I would love to meet you. Um, go to harmontown.com and click on the uh, tickets link and and buy a ticket for the Harmontown tour, which is Dan Harmon's podcast. I'm going to be in the in the bus hanging out and um, selling merchandise. Maybe uh, pop on the stage one or two times, or all times. I don't know. We'll see. We we just we just you know we follow our hearts with these things. Um, also, uh, you know, it's a new year, um, a couple weeks into the new year. Uh, I want to say thank you. You guys have been really great. New and old listeners, um, your support uh, by listening means a lot to me. And um, yeah, that's it. Back to the show. We should talk. Uh, have you seen any good movies lately? Hell yeah. I just <laughs> see I've been I've been um, seeing this girl and I am head 
over heels. And we've been going to see movies together. And I went to see this rom-com called (laughs) (laughs) Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, I you know about this? I've, I've heard about it, but I don't know who's in it. What's what it? It's Robert De Niro, the guy from The Hangover. This is a cheesy movie. Like this is a cheesy <laughs> rom com. But because I'm feeling yeah. this like incredible, these this incredible rush of emotion over this person, I, I was like tearing up and just so happy <laughs> because. But in a thing where normally, if I'd gone in there, I'd be in a state of just like just probably hissing uh, right. de- postmodern deconstruction of this ridiculous manipulation of like, you know, using pretty much every popular symbol in the world right now to try to create some illusionary uh, example of stability and like uh, a mythological romantic state, which is right. what rom-coms do. But man, it was great. It was so great. This is why love is so important because it doesn't matter what, happens when you Mm -hmm. feel love you know it doesn't matter what happens because i just when i when i found out i had cancer and had to get one of my uh balls chopped off uh, by an indian man in beverly hills i was like totally really really fine with it and i think that part of the initially i wasn't i mean don't get me wrong like initially i was like freaked the fuck out because cancer is scary but then because i had this thing happening in my life it was transforming the experience of cancer from a horrifying, uh, ever dreaded existential crisis into a kind of like noble battle that it was an opportunity, not just for me to show this girl that I'm not going to be a coward in the face of something like this, but also it was like, this thing where it's like, shit, man, I, I, I'm i going to survive this because this feeling is so good. And oh, also yeah. 95% survival rate. It's not that it's terrible cancer, but still it's cancer. Right. Yeah. So the, my point is that that experience of love sh- completely shifted the most dreadful fucking thing ever. And it will also shift the most vapid things too. It, it shifts everything, you mm-hmm. know? And you, how, how long have you guys been... Uh, seeing each other four days <laughs> we've been you, you met at the cancer clinic <laughs> i have cancer and then she was sitting outside and you're like can i have a ride transformed she's my nurse no <laughs> she um uh it's been i think three months four months it's new right um so so like i i asked because when something like that comes up i'm sure like the something i would ask you if we were hanging out was like well so was she like, I feel like there, that would bring up a lot of big, big talks. Like, With her? Well, yeah. Well, or, I mean, it sounds like everything's, everything's great, but I know that when I've been like in a relationship and early on something has happened, yes. it feels uncomfortable because you don't want to, you don't want to put your shit on somebody that you just started dating. Exactly. You don't want to You don't want to test them accidentally. Yeah. But see, this is the coolest thing because it was like, whoa, not only was she like t- handling it in the most authentic, sweet way. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. They, she loves cancer. She's into cancer. She was actually <laughs> hoping to date a guy with cancer. 
<laughs> no, you know, it was a test. And it was a yeah. test that came early. And that even made it more. It, it really showed me who this person was. Because, mm -hmm. God damn, when you like tell people that you've got to get just like when you tell people you have cancer, you become the grim reaper for them. Like suddenly you're you're like this. For some people, you're a ghost. Tell, you know, teaching mm -hmm. them that. Or, or, or an example or reminding them or pushing them out of the delusion that they're never going to die or get sick. And they will respond to you in a, in a contrived, sweet way where underneath yeah. it, you can see you've really disrupted them unintentionally. Right. And they want to get away from you because they feel that you're not contagious, but somehow like being around someone where something tragic well, is they, they don't know how to interact with you. Yes. They yeah. get all confused and stumbly. And I know because I've been the same way. Like mm -hmm. I know before this happened to me when somebody told me about some tragedy. I would usually like not be able to react or be like, I'm sorry, or I, oh <laughs> God, I hope you're this weird kind of <laughs> sentimental shit would come yeah. out of me as a, uh, if you need anything and yeah. you're like walking out the door. Yeah. Yeah. It's an image. Exactly. Exactly. Cause you want to flee in terror. So her response wasn't that at all. It was just kind of like upbeat, funny. She wasn't afraid to, to like make jokes about it, which I really appreciated. Like, yeah, so much more fun to be on the phone with friends who are who are making fun of me about it or like minimizing it than to, you know, be on the phone with people who are like. I am so sorry <laughs> if there is anything that I can do for you. You let me know, Don. Okay, man, I'm going to be, f I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. I appreciate yeah. that. Why are you talking like Vincent fucking Price right now? Right. I'm going to be okay. Well, they also don't want to, they don't want you to think that you, that they're not taking it seriously. Well, but. it's con exactly. And I, by the way, I, any kind of like love coming in any kind of form, I really appreciate. I don't mean to seem like there's a specific, oh. I'm just, I guess I'm well, just Well, that's the thing is there isn't a specific way to, to deal with that. Just be honest, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like but the, I, I just, I just mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, do, I just mean that, like, that they're everyone when when those things come up, that it's always. I know for me, we're always reaching for the right thing to say. It's right. really simple. There is yeah. no right thing to say. It's just you continue to, and I, I mean, I'm speaking to myself from before this happened. I mean, uh, is making an observation on it for because in everyone's, you're always. I will run into a sick person again. You will run into a sick person again. We will always be coming yeah. into contact with. Ah, that's what the fuck's <laughs> wrong with them? How dare they? How dare they? But uh, so the best way I think to interact is just to be like really honest. You don't have to put on a tone. You can just keep talking to them in the normal way. Yeah, you know. It, but do whatever you feel like shit who cares i'm sure they'll understand everyone's different anyway god what a cliche thing to say good night everyone thank you <laughs> and i just like to say that everyone's different bye now <laughs> <laughs> oh i wish this show was more conceptual and i could just end right there that would be great um my my mom my mom died of uh female ball cancer not to say that that of course I'm not sorry. breast cancer uh, uh ovarian cancer ovarian cancer yeah, yeah 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 my mom's dying my 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 mom has I'm sorry cancer. could you say it like you're actually sad about it um I, I am do feel so <laughs> sorry if there's anything I can do <laughs> walking away thank you um I'm sorry I'm very sorry well that's what they do moms die I mean certainly you want, wouldn't want it I mean that's one of the things they do they also give birth <laughs> to you but you wouldn't want it to be reversed right yeah well, that would be a bummer that would be really gross you're born and then you're just surrounded by a corpse 
Well, who, no, no. I mean, you don't want to. You would rather your mom die than you. Oh, I see what you're saying. I was thinking you'd rather your mom die after you were born. I was oh, imagining yeah. a baby. You like, don't want to be born. born out of a corpse. <laughs> no. Like Walking no. Dead style, blasted out of a zombie pussy. You don't no, want that either. No, no. Well, I, I was just I was just going to say that when my my mom was sick, she lost so many friends. Like everyone stopped talking to her. Yeah. And, and people didn't know how to interact with her family because <sighs> it's also weird yeah because we, you, you it seems like you're making people feel really comfortable with it with death well with you like it seems like you oh, are with comfortable my with well, it yeah, statistically so it makes everybody yeah. yeah i try to do that just because it's so much easier to talk to people if they don't think that you're gonna die right. soon and it statistically i'm fine so uh and you know but i mean statistically we're all fucked in the sense that like uh as my friend greg turkington said there is a a hundred percent. Oh God, I'm going to ruin the thing. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> I'm going to fuck it. That was such a funny thing he said when I told him just something like, uh, yeah, there is like a zero percent survival rate. If you're a human, <laughs> you know, zero percent, there's no way you're going to survive this thing. So, yeah, you know, it's it, like, even if I do like, you know, get rid of this thing completely. It's almost completely gone. But even though I do get rid of this completely, I'm still, of course, going to evacuate the premises eventually. So there's no, um, there is no way to stop it. I mean, sure. we should all be moping about each other if we're going to do that. If you're, anytime you run into someone who's alive, you should be like, are you okay? Yeah. yeah. What can I do if for you? There's anything I can do. If there's anything I can do for that is what we all should be doing for each other. <laughs> that is. Is there anything I can do for you because you're going to die? Yeah. Has this, has this changed your relationship with your body at all? Uh, well, yeah, I'll tell you, man, I am blasting some sweet jizz now. Like, I didn't realize how <laughs> messed up. I didn't realize. I thought I was like, I just thought I was getting old. So I didn't realize that what was happening is I inhabiting. I love hearing this. I didn't mean literally, but, uh, but yeah, no. <laughs> was, tell me about your jizz change. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I want to talk difference? about this jizz transformation because it has been so exciting because, you know, when I got the... Uh, surgery i i didn't consider like i might feel better getting cancer out of my body it hadn't even crossed my mind right that there was going to be more of an effect than just like getting one of my than having like a a, a kind of lopsided scrotum but right. the uh as it turns out the um when you have one of your testicles when it's malfunctioning it's like i guess it's like an office where two people are working and one of them's just like a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> so the other one's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm not going to do anything either. And so they both just sort of give up on their jobs, which is for, if you're a testicle, your job is, there's a lot of stuff you do, but mainly you produce testosterone, which is why you're called a testicle. Right. And you make sperm. And j sperm is what makes your jizz white, as the scientists say. So, uh, <laughs> it once like, once, so once my, you, the other, once you get rid of the, once you fucking fire the rogue testicle, the other one is like, let's get to work. The piece of shit's gone. No more smoke breaks. And so suddenly like, you get, like, <laughs> you get like, you get this rush of testosterone. So your sex drive goes up mm -hmm. and then you're, um, your, your, your jizz becomes this pearlescent white. This like beautiful snow, snow, just this glimmering like alpine snow color, and and so that was like a beautiful surprise. And then yeah. as, as far as like eating better, uh, and and like um, 
yeah, I'm like, I, I, I'm sucking back smoothies. I'm going to go to a Chinese doctor. I'm eating, you know, when, it, it makes it really hard to do stuff stupid shit to your body like it makes it like drinking a diet coke now is pretty impossible i i have had though one or two diet cokes since then and each time you're drinking it like what are you doing why are you drinking this shit are you seriously going to fall prey to the delusion that this chemical slurry is somehow not going to affect your body in a weird way. Yeah. So it's cool because it like really compels you to become um, healthier. I'm eating bee pollen all the time. Do you eat it in a powder? Eaten? Well, yeah. Someone sent me for my podcast a big bag of bee pollen. So like you put it in your tea or you put it in your smoothies and it gives you a bunch of energy. Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's sort of change. And I'm looking forward to jogging. Yeah, getting into jogging. I want to start doing that. But <laughs> when do you when do you get to start jogging? As soon as I I'm just looked down being, at like, your balls. Like, oh, you couldn't be able to tell. That, uh, um, I start jogging as soon as I stop being lazy. Oh, okay. So, so the doctor wasn't like you have the to. Doctor's wait like to... you can totally go jogging. I was like, fuck. Are you sure I can go jogging, Doc? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can totally go jogging. <laughs> so I, I got to start doing like that, true, right? Because I want to, you know, I do want to get, I do like, I am, I do want to like get in much better physical shape than I am right now. Right. So when I, so when I asked, like, has this changed your relationship with your body? So, so you, you, you want to take care of it more? But was there any resentment? Did you feel? But does it? Did it feel weird having like a foreign? thing in your in your body that was I understand like behind your back <laughs> I get it you know I mean it's like you're like oh if you're an organ you know you're, you're just doing the same fucking thing every day I guess it's not that exciting you're beating your heart you're pumping blood or you're processing urine if you're a kidney and I guess if you're a testicle you're you know, making sperm and it's gonna, the whole thing's gonna get old. It's kind of like, how, how can you get, if some, if your DNA is having an existential crisis, you gotta be compassionate with it because it is a monotonous thing, I suppose, just being, you know, a physical, uh, a gear and what the organic machine that we are. So I didn't really feel resentful. I felt kind of like, um, you know, I was glad to get rid of it. Mildly yeah. sentimental. Sorry, I had to kick it to the curb. This, like, I wanted to work things out, <laughs> you know, but mostly I just felt like, God damn it, Duncan, you got to treat yourself better. You can't be so stressed out. You can't be angry. You can't be angry anymore. You can't let yourself get angry anymore. Like, you, I get so strange. I can't imagine you getting really angry. Oh. Oh, like, like a storm. I, yeah. Guess, yeah. I get angry. Fuck yeah, man. Stuff gets so annoying, you know? I mean, just in traffic. What makes you really angry? Just in traffic. Anything. Yeah. I can get angry over anything. Like, I got angry. I got angry temporarily last night because 28 days later is not available for download. <laughs> you can't rent it. That's a bummer. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? It came out in 2003. What reason wouldn't you put this movie out so that you could pay for the download and and me and my sweet darling beautiful 
girlfriend were really looking forward to watching it because yeah. she hadn't seen it and she's seen every horror movie except that one and that is a scary movie and she screams during movies which is so funny to me so <laughs> I was really looking forward to it all day and then it's so anyway yes I got angry momentarily I mean I like yeah how do you express your anger do you like kick do you ever like kick anything or do I just you leave start the room jerking or- off God damn it! God damn it! It's a hellish universe! Babe, 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 babe. She's throwing ice at you. No, I just, you know what it is? It's like, I'll I'll whine, but then, but inside, it's, you know, anger is a toxic fucking storm. When Mm -hmm. you get angry, it, it, it's just releasing poisons into your bloodstream. It's the anger should be reserved for like when you're backed into a corner and you've got to fight. It's not good if you're being angry um, for something that isn't a life or death situation. Yeah. Because it's really an intense, you know, if there was a, a powder, for example, that you could snort and it would make you feel angry. You wouldn't snort it. And if you, except maybe if you were about to get in a really big fight. So to help you fight. So, you know, when that's coming up at times, it shouldn't be coming up. It's there is, I think you're paying a price for it. And and part of that can lead to cancer. I think it can lead to like, you create such an imbalanced state in your body for so long that parts of your body will begin to rebel. Right. Hmm. Have you, have you had any arguments with your, New girlfriend yet, or with your girlfriend? Oh yeah. Oh really? No, we got in a couple of of of, of arguments, and mm-hmm. and uh, but Wait, it, what did you guys fight over? Oh man, we were drunk, and like uh, uh, one of her friends, I didn't like one of her one of her friends had rubbed me the wrong way, and there were two two two. One was I got drunk, and one of her friends had rubbed me the wrong way, and the other one was I was drunk, and we were we were drinking, and uh, she. She was smoking at the time. Cigarettes? Yeah. And so I was like, how could you, you know, smoking? I, I got didactic, like a real dick about smoking. Like both times it was my fault, I would say. Like it was me being like sloppy and kind of not considering. If you're going to confront someone about something, unless the unless it's like they're about to set themselves on fire or drive drunk or some kind of like temporally important thing that if you right. don't address right then, if you're going to confront someone, you should give it 24 hours to consider whatever the thing is that you're wanting to say but yeah, alcohol it definitely should not be uh, not when, yeah. you're, when you're it's the same thing if you don't email when you're drunk no don't text <laughs> when you're drunk don't tweet when you're drunk and uh don't fight when you're drunk wait till you're sober if you're going to get into a thing with someone then then you'll do it so much better it's it's as dangerous to get to to argue drunk for a relationship as it is to drive drunk you know, yeah. it's, it's the same it's fucking no thing. You'll just run into the wall. It's so dumb. So both of these were sort of due to like this crappy drug. And then the it's not what you fight about. It's what happens after the fight. That's the thing. Mm. You know, you're going to fight. It's what are your what are your fighting styles? What was the how did uh, it go down? Oh, God. Jeez, you really are asking the hard questions here. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's kind of embarrassing. Like, I, I, I think I got profes- professorial, sort of. Just like, mm. oh, now that I've had these life experiences, I understand. Are you a little bit older than she is? Yeah. 
How much I, older? I don't want to talk about. Uh, it's a pretty. There's a. I'm, well, I'm, are we tw- really gonna get into time, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 12 years younger than my boyfriend. Yeah, I think that that's about exactly the same. I'd say. Oh, okay. Um, so, very close. So, uh, yeah. So. So you feel like you? I've got. I've, I've had all the these yeah. experiences. Let me just save you some time. <laughs> just shitty. Yeah. Just stupid and shitty to do that. Um, but it must be hard not to. Oh. I think sometimes it's very... Because there's a... With with my boyfriend who's older, like it's... it's um, I can tell that he's fighting against that sometimes. But then it's also hard because a lot of times I, I appreciate the, uh, the wisdom 12 years down the line. But anyway, your fighting styles. Wisdom's great. Yeah. It's just articulating it so that it's not you just have to make sure if you're dispensing wisdom you're not pissed while it's coming yeah because it's like you know what i mean that's like trying to give someone ice cream that you've taken a shit on (laughs) right it's like it's it's no good that's a bad mix it doesn't Mm -hmm. anger does not should not be a flavoring for wisdom And, and anytime it is you can tell right away and it doesn't matter what the person's saying if it's coming from an angry place you're like well I don't care how fucking wise you think you are. You're not able to yeah. talk. And you're drunk. When you're yeah, you're drunk and you're yeah. t- like you're not able to control your 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 anger. So shut up. Um yeah, so fighting style would be uh either pretending like passive aggressive, you know, like kind of doing this kind of like um pretending like i don't care what's happening like oh whatever no it's totally cool which is awful oh. or um oh no and are you waiting for her to say what's what's wrong well no i no. if like i'm saying like you know what i would do is, is a form of weakness is sort of like go to this really dark russian like existentialist place where i'm like well i guess everything's just gonna end anyway so this might as well be the end of everything. I won't say that, yeah. but I'll put myself in that position. So I'm like, well, fuck it. Let the whole thing goddamn collapse then. Because I'm I'm saying this is how I am all the time. This is what happens with anger grabs the reins. You know, it's like, oh, well, fuck it. Let's yeah. just let, let the goddamn Hindenburg blow up. We'll let the Titanic sink. We're all doomed anyway. We're all getting sick. It's what I think just tainted with anger. Yeah. You know, so yeah, so the fighting style would be one of a kind of like self-defeating, like um, you know, just giving up like a pussy and just like, but I, it's not like I'm like, let's break up now. But in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I suppose this is the end. <laughs> you know, it's very dumb. Bad right. fighting style. Very, very silly. Very- so then, then how do you guys make up or how does it come to an end? Is do you do, did you guys make up that same night? Yeah, it- yeah. Both times we made up right away, and both times uh, it, it's just a sense of like it's just kind of acknowledge not pretending that we didn't get in a fight. So far, it's just an acknowledgement. Like, yeah, we got in a fight, and I would honestly appraise the way I was acting and think, look, I'm really sorry. I I, I got I was being shitty. I think one time I did that, and then the other time we we to- we talked about the problem like while sober. You know, and then it was like kind of worked it out from a normal place. Yeah. Know? So both times it worked out. Um, yeah. For fight and then and then post fight. These weren't serious major fights. You know, they were just right. sort of like little little bumps that weren't. But then afterwards, everything gets was perfect again. And it was just sort of like we really processed it and everything is fine. 
You're, you know, I fucking hate, you know, the myth of the elderly couple that's never had a fight. Yeah. I hate these fucking assholes. They're more <laughs> obnoxious than people who believe in Bigfoot. You know, when you hear someone being like, oh, no, my grandparents have never been in one fight. Right. It's like, come on. How yeah. is that possible? You're all, your grandparents are liars. Right. All or they're that- just like existing together and they're not necessarily like in a I don't want to make a too harsh a judgment, but I would when I hear that, I always think, well, you can't be that passionate about creating like this partnership because in order to create a partnership, there need you need to like hammer out the I don't know. That that's not that's not what I mean. I'm not articulating this well. But like it's it's like Dan's Dan said that he's been in relationships with women and I have I've I've certainly done this too with with men where you aren't you're just you're happy, you're content, but it's like if you if you were both to order off of a menu, one would really want a steak and the other one would want a salad, but you both kind of like macaroni and cheese. So you just yeah. order macaroni and cheese and you're just like, "Okay, well, fine." You're not you're not going to get in a fight because you're just content with what's yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. So the the lack of fighting. But it's hard because I also don't want to think that fighting is a really positive thing because you can get in a pattern of fighting when you get bored to like make sure that the other person still loves you. Oh, that. Yes. That's dangerous too. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's not a No, I mean fuck, it's God damn it. It's fighting can be very toxic and abusive and terrible and always a sign of losing track of the most important thing. Always a sign of losing your you know, your compass bearings of your compasses become all fucked up. It's always a sign of like not connecting at that in that very most basic way. Always, you know. Yeah. Mm. Have you, have you, um, w- is your pattern to fight a lot before you break up with somebody or is there a, are you somebody who, who fights a lot in relationships or is it? No, no, yeah. I hate it. But when I, and when a breakup is happening, for me, it has, I mean, there are fights, but it's always like, you know, you kind of, you know, you, it's more like I become like the desperate doctor who's putting the paddles on the, on the dead person too much. Right. Come on, we can do it. Just give me another, do it. And the <laughs> other doctors are like, come on, she's dead, Jack. You've got to, I don't know why I name myself Jack. She's <laughs> dead, Duncan. You gotta, you gotta, they're dead. You know, they always like pull them back from doing the paddles, which I've never understood because if they're dead, who cares? Like yeah. paddle it up as much as you want. I mean, but I don't know why I, I mentioned that. I, I My point is, I, I so I will try to like, re, 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 I'm a romantic. So I'll try to resuscitate the thing, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll like think that we this thing can be resuscitated even though you know it's gone. You know, right. like, have you ever seen that awful video of how monkeys deal with death and they show the mother monkey carrying the dead monkey around? Have you seen this? Yeah, oh, yeah. it's heartbreaking. And so, like, for three days, she's carrying this fly-covered, stinking, because monkeys already stink. This thing has got to just smell so bad because it's rotting in the jungle. <laughs> and she's, like, carrying it on her back and putting it down on the ground and people won't won't let other monkeys get near it and that's how relationships end for me where it's like the monkey is dead way dead long dead died a long time ago you're just carrying it around in this almost like necrophiliac way like what are you doing oh man does that mean that you were ignoring it getting sick and dying for a long time and then when it's the great great mistake 
in life is to ignore the problem. God damn it. Every single category, no matter what it is, ignoring a thing always makes the fight that much more difficult in the long run. Things, especially uh, things involving conflict tend to expand with time. And the sooner you deal with it, you go for, you know, you, it's either like battle a tiny little mouse or battle a mouse the size of the Empire State Building. You know, a little mouse is very easy to deal with, but Godzilla mouse is like, what are you going to do? How are you going to kill a giant mouse? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so in that way, it's like more like the thing is the, the conflict or whatever the initial problem was has expanded past my, ability to deal with it and right. and and it and it's so it's over you know generally it's i mean for me i think yeah that's how that's usually how it goes down but usually from a, a combination of denial ignorance pretending everything's fine right when you when you started dating your current girlfriend did you feel were you going into it thinking like, oh, I could like date this person for a long time? Or did you, were you, because I know you just, you came out of a very long yes. relationship. So are you somebody who is calculated about how you approach a new relationship? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, well, I just sort of, you know, you, you date, you date people in between relationships, you date people. Uh, and then from that, you kind of get an, an idea of a lot of things, you know, because if you've been in a right. long relationship, but there's a very. Or, or may, maybe my question is more like, did, did your last relationship make you more or less pessimistic about less, love and relationships? Less oh, pessimistic, less. Every relationship that I've ever had has made me less pessimistic and more. And it's helped me understand more how to how to be in a in a relationship with someone you know every single one and and the last one was a huge teacher for me about how to um how how you just can't sit on the on the sidelines you know you can't let yourself give up and you can't be lazy and how like you really have to like get into the get into life and life is worth fighting for and being in and 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 you know you, whether it's like you know you have to appreciate life enough to recognize when a relationship's over mm -hmm. and the best thing that you can do for someone if you know that the relationship is over the most loving thing you can do for for someone is to break up that is love that's like a true expression of love is saying goodbye sometimes yeah um and before that, you know, a true expression of love is really, you've got to be with somewhere. You're like, we're going to, this is it. We are doing this together. If you're going to be in a relationship, it's like, this is, we're merging here. We are going to both also merging in the sense that you both have actualized yourself and you both have become fully as much as you can fully who you are. Right. Not the whole thing where like you're you're a crutch for someone or they're a wheelchair for you or whatever. There has to be balance too. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I learned an awful lot about how important it is to, uh, to be independent and self-sufficient in the, within the game that a relationship is. Sure. Did that happen in your last relationship? Did that happen gradually or did you, well, obviously it must have, but like, why do you, why do you think that happened? Like when you said like in your relationships, you really need to invest yourself. Like why do you, why do you think that you went to the sidelines? Well, I, I, I got depressed. I was being just a lazy piece of shit. I was just being lazy. And like, uh, I, you know, I think there's a lot of re reasons for that happening but 
You know, I, I think some, sometimes when you're in a relationship, like no matter what it is, you would like you're growing you're always growing people are always growing and and sometimes people will there i where you want to go changes you know where someone wants to go where the way someone is or where someone wants to focus or how someone wants to live will become different from the way that you want to live mm-hmm. no one's evil or wrong right. it's just it's it's just you know sometimes people have got to be allowed to experience whatever they want in the world and if that means like you know whatever the fucking thing is if you're in a relationship and someone wants to be a uh, wants to be a veterinarian and that's what they want to do you've got to let them do that you have to be like all right go for it this is what you want to experience go for it mm-hmm. you can't you have to you can't try to dictate the way things should be or the way someone should live because it's their incarnation. So that's kind of a long meandering way of saying I think we started moving in different directions and then I got depressed and gave up and just sort of like just didn't want to I didn't necessarily want to like I wanted to go my own way and figure out my own thing and she wanted to be her own thing and with that those two things no longer merged together in a way right. that would work. You know, and so my reaction to that was probably I got depressed and just started like wasting time and not Mm -hmm. focusing on what I needed to focus on because there was this giant elephant in the room that had to be dealt with. That's the other thing about ignoring things. It's like people don't realize how if you have anyone in your life, if you're connected to anyone in your life that you have a dishonest relationship with or you're not connecting with in a pure way or you're not you haven't found balance or homeostasis with if you have this like in our i think there are these things called free radicals which Mm -hmm. is what causes wrinkles right these free radicals they're these crazy particles that are zooming through our body and the effect is it causes you to get old causes you to disintegrate causes lots of problems and so in the same way in in the organism of your social relationships if you have a free radical or something that you haven't found harmony with then it's going to affect every single part of your life and it's going to cause you to uh you're not going to be fully yourself until you deal with that whether through finding harmony with it or whether through like separating from it so you can't underestimate how dangerous it is to be in a relationship where you haven't worked things out completely or to ignore the fact that they aren't workable that it's not going to work out you know so i think there was this thing i had to deal with that i hadn't dealt with and 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 so that was causing me to be depressed you know, and it was all my fault. You know, it's all my own weakness. I, I Natasha's wonder. Oh God, what a brilliant, incredible, wonderful, generous being. I don't regret what happened. It's not like right. I, every day I feel guilty about it or feel like uh, I'm a monster or something like that. I learned from it, you know, but um, I, I do recognize like how much was happening on my side of the street that was fucked up. Yeah. Well, that's, did you, how, it seemed like you learned all of that, or you were aware of all of that, like immediately after that breakup, was that? Yeah, because I lost a, like, yeah, because it was like, oh, fuck, the, I'm, my, this, my sweet mayor cutie, this dog that I really love very much, well, you know, like I lost a bunch of stuff, like I lost a lot of like, uh, things that, mm-hmm. that that uh that i i loved and so it, it was a huge lesson like oh okay you know if you don't 
if you don't work hard mm-hmm. and you don't get into the fight, then you will lose everything. You have to fight. You have to fight. So, and by fight, I mean, you've got to go for it. You've got to know what you want. You, you have to become participatory in the experience of life. And so many people don't want to participate. They yeah. want to sit in the bleachers and be the fucking cool kids. And you know what I mean? Like, like smoke behind the school and roll their eyes and act like the whole goddamn system is full of shit. And it is. <laughs> it is full of shit. I mean, it's an absurdity. You know, it's an absurd uh, way that the, in one way, it's an absurdity. The earth has shot out these fleshy, meaty tentacles that call themselves humans that are all, you know, believe that they're separate from the planet. And they all think they're their own individuals and they don't recognize that we're all connected. And when we're one expression of the creative force of the universe so yes it's fucking absurd when a bunch of people decide to like drive to weird uh manufactured caves called office buildings every day at the exact same time and spend you know eight to eleven hours a day like making rectangular bits of paper covered in egyptian symbology yes that's absurd but it's what you've got it's a you know jungle gyms are absurd (laughs) bench press machines are absurd you know but if you use them in the right way you can get in really great shape and become and feel feel very healthy and and um and experience like beautiful blasts of novelty, but you've got to fucking participate. So it taught right. me that, you know. You talked about uh, you guys moving in two different directions, and then also being becoming a, a quote unquote lazy in your relationship and and not dealing with things. Like, where do you where do you draw the line? Like, if someone's if someone's listening who's in a relationship where. I don't know, maybe like the boyfriend is going to uh, law school and it's like, well, like I can uh, I can I can work on this and follow him to his his law school town. Yes. I want to be a web designer. I could do that. I could do that in uh, Poughkeepsie. Should I go to Poughkeepsie? Should I like where do you like as far as like dreams and going in different directions? Yeah. What do you what do you think? Oh man, it's what a t- do you do? How hard do you work? Because there are a million people, billions of people that you could be with potentially. Well, love's got to be the compass. You know, that's the thing. Every, every, you, if you can sort of make make that feeling the compass, and I know you might not be feeling it right now. And when, you, <laughs> when, 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 and when that feeling isn't there, I know that's a very confusing thing. So, um, so, but, but then, well, okay, well, right now you're not experiencing love for this other person. Are you feeling love for yourself? That's the big question. And right. if you're not feeling love for yourself, why aren't you feeling love for yourself? Yeah. Oh man, that is that is the question. That's such a, that's so much more important than how you feel about the other person. Um, it's that's a, it. a billion yeah. times more important. How the fuck are you going to love anyone else if you can't love yourself? Yeah. So that's the first step. And then well, how do you love yourself? You know, well right. that, that's then you become yourself. You become yourself because you are love. That's what they say. You are love. And I know I, the more I think about this stuff, the more I really understand like, yep, that's it. So then that means, what does that mean? Becoming yourself? Well, you have to start, you know, dropping the pretenses and letting go of all the things that, 
the, the, all the different tail feathers that you're popping up or all the things that you're doing that are false expressions of who you really are. And that's fucking scary. Like your hair extensions. Yeah. <laughs> hair extensions. I, I love talking about this. It's so hard for me to, so my stupid, we're talking about your, your cancer and your body. And I like, I've, I'm sitting here thinking like, God damn it. Like I'm so insecure because of these dumb hair extensions. It's so hard for me to talk about. I feel like I'm definitely in a place in my life where I, where I super love myself, but not today. Not today. Like, yeah, not today. Just hold the baby. I mean, really, it's <laughs> like sometimes are you gonna love the baby every day? The baby, this screaming thing that shits all over everything, costs so much money, wakes you up in the middle of the night and like is 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 uh um Oh, the most self-centered thing in the universe? Are, are you going to be able to love your baby all the time? I don't know. I've never had a baby. But, I, <laughs> but I'd imagine that there will be moments where you will not, in the normal way, love the baby, but you right. still hold it. You still comfort it. Do what you can to do that, and then it'll work out. I mean, you can't expect to always be living in some blissful state of nervonic happiness sure. or some fucking... You're going to... There's some days this you're going to... This is gonna, weird, man. It's like, it's like sense, memory... I feel like I'm 13. It's the weirdest thing. It's really like I, I feel so stupid about it because it's something I did to myself, and it's not that big of a deal. It's um, a big deal. Now, this whole not big a deal thing, I like this is the thing. It's like when you create that hierarchy where it's like, well, you've got cancer, and I'm just dealing with hair extensions. No, all the same goddamn thing. All the same thing. You can find it's a fractal. You right. can find in every pixel of phenomena that's the some total of the experience of your life, all the information that you need, no matter whether it's because you just got one of your arms uh, blown off in an explosion in Syria, or whether it's because you're upset about the fact that you can't beat a level on Dishonored on the Xbox or whatever. <laughs> you can find within that the truth. It's woven into everything. Sure. Yeah. Well, back to hating yourself. Um, <laughs> uh yeah, that was when I look back at the end of my last relationship. It's so um, profound how much I hated myself and how much I loved him towards the end of it. Like it turned, it was such yeah. an awful, awful thing or thought or thought that I loved him, but I didn't. I was just clawing it at nothing. Whereas in my relationship right now, like the biggest sign that I'm really happy is that I really love myself in the relationship. It makes right. me feel, it's like the, um, who's the man who, who loves bananas? Neem Carly Baba. Yeah, Neem Carly Baba. Like Dan's kind of like Neem Carly Baba, like my Neem Carly Baba. He is feel, a sweetheart, man. That guy's so cool. I only got to hang out with him once on my podcast, but what a fucking great guy, man. <laughs> I was so happy he was going to be on your podcast. Like when we were having that fight, I would call him because it like, I can't, I can't just like let things sit, even though whenever we have a fight, we wait a little bit of time. It's so much easier when you're not angry, like you were saying. But when he was walking up to your house, I was calling him and I was like, and one more thing, this, this other thing that you did wrong. And then he's like, Aaron, I like, I'm late for Duncan's podcast. I was like, Oh no, have a great time. I'm really happy for you. This is going to be great. Yeah, no good. It's okay. Here. Look, I mean, I, it's just this like. I, I'm so sorry you have to look at me with these hair extensions. <laughs> you look at my shoe if you want. It's the worst. I feel like you're not like you're not. I'm not uh, actually talking to you. You're not actually talking to me. That's how. That's how bad it feels. It's so stupid. What do you mean <laughs> that we're not talking to each other? If it's uh, 
wearing someone else's hair. I feel like I'm wearing like a Halloween costume. See, I know hair is so important. Like I have I, the reason I wear these dumb hats all the time is I have a bald spot. Really? Oh, and it just terrifies me. I mean, God, I'm a true hair hypocrite. Listen, I hair get hypocrite. it. I understand that the how the the fucking turbulence hair can cause is hilarious, hilarious <laughs> because it's because it's 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 the it is an absurdity. It's like you have this what is it protein threads coming out of your fucking scalp and like yeah. so concerned over these things so it's like this is the koan you know like in zen out about koans you know about this Mm-mm. so it's great what they do is they these crazy bastards will gather in zen temples and they'll meditate in the lotus position which is a very uncomfortable position to sit in where you have one leg crossed over the other one on right. what's called a zafu cushion so you sit on these zafu cushions within this very painful position and you sit there with your you, there's a mudra this like thing you do with your hands to create like a circle and the idea is like it should be the distance between your 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 fingers should be enough so that rice paper could just fit in between so you're in this very unnatural uncomfortable position you're staring at a wall and they do that for like weeks at a time, just staring at a wall, sometimes reciting uh, mantras that are all about the how you don't exist, your nothingness, your purely nothingness. And then in the midst of this, you go and you sit with uh, the uh, uh, you sit with like an enlightened being, the person running the temple. And uh, I can't remember what they call it. The a priest, perhaps, is what they call them. And then they ask you this impossible question, which is a koan. And the, that's we've ever heard the what's the sound of one hand clapping? But there's right. a lot of different ones. There's so many of them. And they're all they're all ridiculous there's no right answer there do you have to answer it with something or you just sit there and yes you have to answer it and so you'll go in there and you'll try to answer the question and um uh there's funny ramdas tells these hilarious stories about doing this and like you're remember you've been staring at a wall for days at a time so you're totally freaked out so you'll go in there and you'll 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 um finally you'll first you'll fake it you know, the answer will be some ridiculous thing that you think's clever. You're trying to impress the guy. Like, look, right. I'm so brilliant. And they'll like, they'll always just feel like, oh, get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? That's not it. And finally, you go insane and your ego shatters and this thing bursts out of you. And they'll be like, ah, oh, that's it. And then that's like how you like, how you sort, it's a form of shattering your ego. So these hair extensions, it's a call. <laughs> Cause we don't all get Neem Carly Baba. You're not, we don't, we don't all get the fucking holy man and the colorful blanket who can bring birds back to life and is telepathic and the mountains. We don't get that. Not all of us. Mm-hmm. Some of us get hair extensions as the teacher. And some of you know what I mean? Some of us get ball cancer, you know, and that's the teacher, but it's all the same guy. It's right. just, he, he takes various forms, you know, and the infinite incarnations that we happen to be stuck in. I feel, I think also like the literal weight of that makes me feel really off balance and weird. <laughs> yeah, th- these things, you know, I- I'd say that, 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 that maybe they aren't right for you. No, I don't, I don't think they are. Uh, whoa! <laughs> Thank you. This has been a hair extension podcast. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they are. But it's so weird when the, when the woman was putting them in, she, she made me feel really good about them by saying like, oh, you're going to look so much better. 
It looks so. You'll see. Your boyfriend's gonna blow his. Oh, eyes. you're gonna look better. That's yeah. funny. She that wanted. Is, she wanted me to text. I think my, they look great. Thanks. <laughs> my boyfriend wanted. Or she wanted me to text my boyfriend a picture of a girl with a pixie cut, like the back of her hair. She's like, "Oh, I'll find a picture for you. Text that to him, so he thinks that you cut all your hair off, and then he'll be extra happy that you did it." You know what it is, though. <laughs> what he is, is probably in love with you, and when you're in love with someone. It's very hard to, st- everything else becomes like, like kind of, you know, secondary or way down the list of things that you care about. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, in a way, if you really like love someone, then you're just like, well, great. It's not going to change this like insane feeling I have for you. Right. Well, he did, he did say to me, which, which was really striking. He said, he was like, well, I didn't, and this came out very naturally. He said, I, I didn't know that you felt bad about your hair. I had no idea you were insecure about it. Right. Um, and I realized that, I mean, like Dan and I have been dating for a year and are super, really, really in love and I'm really happy, I think. But like the beginning of our relationship was, was a lot about chasing and just like this really intense thing where I felt he 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 really like laid it on laid it on pretty thick um mm. that makes it sound like it was dishonest but it wasn't uh so like you know after a year you get used to somebody and their the other things are more important obviously and yeah. like our partnership is more important and like the he i don't think he would care if i shaved my head or if i did anything else i bet he wouldn't no but he he has he has a he has a thing for red hair yeah and I've have red hair and I and I said this earlier but like I was just like oh I want I want to have more of it if I have more of it like he'll go crazy again it'll be that thing again like maybe it'll be a, a renaissance of the beginning of a relationship where he was like going going crazy over me or something well, I, there's I think your, maybe that there's was the, that. okay so there's everything you need to know so here's what you want you don't want longer hair you want uh, to feel in your relationship as though it were at the beginning of the relationship again. Is that fair to say? Um, y- yeah, yeah. I want that. Like, and I, yes. Uh, and I feel very, I feel, again, with guilt. I feel guilty feeling that way because I've never been happier in a relationship and I wouldn't change anything. I think it's just, it's just that like, fuck yeah, you being feeling like a brand new. Yes. Yeah. Like feeling like a shiny toy. You know, when you first date somebody, you're like, ah, these hands, I've never seen fingers like these. Oh, the way that you eat popcorn. That's amazing. Oh, you guys have got to eat mushrooms together. You need a psychedelic. Take some psychedelics. Well, we were just in Amsterdam last week did you eat mushrooms he had to work so i did it by myself <laughs> see no you guys have got to you got to do a ritual you see this is mm. the thing this is where i turn in i seem like a i'm sure i already seem like a weirdo but this is like where i really will seem like a weirdo you rituals are very important and you i think that this is where and rituals usually involve like some kind of psychedelic historically so you know it's a great time to 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 get some mushrooms get some molly 
go up to the desert, find a, a, a very peaceful place and uh, go in there with the intention of like really connecting and get blasted on some uh, Molly. I would say, I don't mean, I'm not a fucking Molly advocate. It's great stuff. <laughs> I, don't, I don't take it that much. I take it like once or twice a year, but oh, I'm just, a, I am an, uh, I, I am a, a very firm believer in the positive effects psychedelics can have, especially with relationships. And so, Mushrooms can be a little too, you get in your head and stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas ecstasy can just connect you. MDMA can just create this, they call it an empathogen. You know, so you, you do that and you can really like have a lot of progress, especially if you have someone, um, well, no, just do it yourself. I mean, some people say you need like a guide or something like that, but I think in this situation, that would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, I or like go it. to fucking Europe. Go back to Europe. Go to go like, back to Europe. We're yeah, just there. We go, just no, go it. back. Do something crazy. It's like novelty is what you want. Yeah, you want some goddamn novelty, and you're not going to get novelty by doing things the same way. Right. Novelty means going completely out of the pattern. Just yeah. looking at the pattern. The relationships naturally form some kind of momentum, some kind of pattern, some kind of direction. Right. Re- repetition inevitably happens. So this this is where you just like get a do something fucking nuts. Get a map. Throw a dart at well, it and go to that place. We're about to go across the country in like a week. On the tour. Yeah. There you go. That's but I right. think the tour will be... But that'll be... I mean, that's, that's probably going to be very stressful. After the tour, come up with a thing. Okay. Do something crazy. Something decadent, ridiculous. Something that people will be like, what? They'll think you've <laughs> gone nuts. Find something. Do something that you would be embarrassed to tell people that you're doing. And do that thing. Some just for in the name of novelty and case. So you go in there with the spirit of novelty. You're already in a novel place. Cause that is in the beginning part of what the rush of falling in love is, is the novelty. Is it yeah. the high, as high as it can get? Like you are just in some normal life and now all of a sudden you're in the garden of Eden. Everything's beautiful. And like you can't believe this terrain and all things. It's like someone turned the dimmer up behind reality and everything's glowing in this insanely beautiful way. That's novelty that's what novelty is the most novel experience so that's all you just got to get some novelty flowing into this thing you know (laughs) and you tried so you got hair extensions and that was novelty that was a form (laughs) of novelty so you're you're going in the right your instincts are right okay cool just uh just wrong wrong direction well that play i I could also take a a good dose of um hair and everything's great what's that (laughs) i could also take a good dose of like oh you're loved i do have a problem with like worrying that i'm not being loved enough or thinking that someone secretly doesn't love me or yeah well that's you know that's all just going you got to go back to that uh it's hard, man. But you go, you gotta go back to, you have to like dilate your, your heart and kind of like open dilate your heart. Your heart. I like that. Yeah. That's what they call it. It's like opening your heart is this terribly cheesy sounding term, but it's like dilate sounds logical. Sounds a little let yeah. dilate your heart. It sounds like a Devo song. <laughs> yeah. So you I gotta guess. open yourself up. Dilate, dilate, dilate your heart. heart. Yeah. Dilate. <laughs> That is your art. <laughs> that is the art. You know, that is the real thing. So you like sort of like open yourself up more. And then the more you start feeling that, the more you'll find that, you know, I think uh, doesn't Dr. Phil advise? <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is you sort of like you give other people what you want. Yeah. 
And then when you do that, then you'll find that the, you start getting the thing that you are longing for more. And, and quite often, you, if you really think about it, you might find that you aren't putting out the stuff that you want people to be giving to you. You might find mm-hmm. that there's a deficiency in that area. Your output might not be, you might not be really giving love to other people sometimes when you're not getting it yourself. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think you're right. I, I, um, yeah, again, everything's great, which well, this is an added thing. Like with the thing with the hair extensions, um, the, or when I say everything's great, like recently I really made an effort to not worry about things and not to not keep, I keep on mentioning my last relationship, which is so dumb. I hate talking about it. This is so much in one podcast, but he, my ex-boyfriend cheated on me for a while. I had no idea. So like, I think I'm a little, I'm still a little like shell shocked from that. So, and I don't, I've never, ever thought that I don't think Dan would ever cheat on me. And I've never like suspected him of that, but I, I am always like, oh man, does he secretly not love me? (laughs) Like a a few, like a month, I'd say a month ago or so I was like, you know, I'm just going to experiment with, uh, really just focusing on myself and I'm going to stop worrying about how he feels and I'll worry about how much I'm, how much love I'm putting out there. And that really did like make me feel better. And I think made him feel better. Not to say that things were bad. I'm constantly examining our relationship, sure. obviously, because I do this podcast and I'm uh, obsessed with it. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I, w- with the hair extensions last night, I was like, oh no, did I, did I fuck things up? Like things are going so great. And then I, then I showed my, my ass and showed that I was, that I didn't think things were good because I went and got hair extensions. It was like if he came home with an earring, I'd be like, w- did you think that I needed you to? Right. Yeah. Well, again, you know, it is like what you're doing here is you're, you're focusing on the relationship. That's what you're doing. Yeah. And so when that starts happening, you know, that's when you can start, you know, it's like, uh, and especially if you're focusing on negative things, David Lynch was quoting, what did he say? He was quoting, he's into TM and he quoted something from them, which is, I always think about, which is where there is attention, there is activity. So the focus, the power of like focusing your consciousness on the minutia of a relationship, especially if it's negative minutia, is very similar to like scratching a tiny little scab. Yeah. You know, picking at a scab and scratching at it. And the more you scratch, suddenly it'll become a little red and then it'll get infected. And then worst case, you'll get some terrible blood disease and be in the hospital. You know, (laughs) if you scratch a scab long enough, you can actually die from it. So in the same way, if like this is why it's important to be in, in control of where your attention goes. It's not just a, it's not just a spiritual hygiene. It's like literally the, one of the most important things because where you focus your attention, that is where things will grow in your life. So if you begin to like practice turning your attention towards, uh, which is why I really like this idea of consciousness expansion or opening mm-hmm. your heart instead of this other person, take the burden off of them. Yeah. yeah take yeah. the fucking. Yeah take the bags off the donkey, you know, let's give it a break. Let's give it a break and then let it be its own thing. And then you start turning your attention more and more to this idea of like, however you want to frame it, but I'm going to actualize myself. I'm going to love myself more. I'm going to open my heart up more. I'm going to try to be more empathetic and compassionate to people around me if I can. Yeah. You know, and then you start doing that and God damn, if everything else doesn't start shaping up, 
mysteriously. Mm. All of a sudden, luck and weird fortune will like come to you from places you forgot about a long time ago. And this is just a result of like getting in tune. Tune, tune you, turn, tune yourself and you'll find other people around you begin to become tuned strangely. Maybe my hair will grow out naturally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, Duncan. my pleasure. Thanks for having me. What a blast. That's the show, guys. Um, isn't Duncan Trussell the most beautiful human being on the planet? Um, really? Yeah, Dustin's nodding his head. I, uh, he's, he makes me feel so great. Please listen to his podcast. I, I would recommend starting with, uh, well, not uh, the sounds dumb, but I just listened to, um, Oh, Oh, hi, I have ball can- cancer, which is him just talking about, um, having, finding out that he has testicular cancer and it's, it's pretty recent. It's just a few episodes back. Um, he, he says a few things that really can get, can, uh, push you through your day and, and make you feel great. And he's, he just, um, he glows with love and he's such a wonderful person. I really appreciated him being on the podcast and getting me through a few, uh, spiraling <laughs> moments. You couldn't hear it, but I was like looking back at producer Dustin <laughs> several times, just like, what do I do? How, how do I, how do I fix this? Um, anyway, you guys are great. Um, listen to Duncan's show, follow him on Twitter, uh, check out his message boards for his podcast, Duncan Trussell Family Hour, and happy 2013! Pros. Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for pro business hours 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe'sforpros.com, where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready.